This podcast was brought to you by Project Passport, helping you bring wellness to work. Visit project-passport.com to book a corporate retreat or to learn more about our employee wellness program. Hummingbirds have no sense of smell, but they have excellent eyesight. They also seem to have favorite colors, red being the most attractive, but also orange, pink, and yellow. It's believed that it's because these flowers are higher in sucrose, which is a sugar they can fully metabolize, as opposed to fructose and glucose found in other colored flowers. Welcome to the Project Warrior podcast. I'm Salima Ismail. And I'm Sabria Charles, and I love that we're talking about beautiful colors today and sugar because I'm a big sugar lover too. (laughs) Me too. If anyone's ever seen me, they know I adore colors just by seeing my pinky blue hair. And I guess that can also be an homage to cotton candy. So (laughs) definitely on theme. (laughs) I love that, Salima. And I love your hair because you always have the best colors, I just must say. Colors are just, they brighten everything up. I used to be such a monochrome person and then I thought, why? Actually, it was seeing the movie Everything Everywhere All at Once, where the villain, someone who was so nihilistic and didn't see the point in anything, but still just had these amazing, beautiful costumes. Her makeup was incredible. It was just just so joyful and so interesting. It, it moved me and inspired me in a way to realize, who cares? Nothing matters. And because nothing matters, let's lean into what we enjoy. And that's bright colors and beauty. I love that so much. And seeing that movie, I totally loved her outfits. And I think that's so true. For me, I think about the color pink. You know, growing up, it's always been a color I was attracted to. My whole room was painted pink, actually, (laughs) when I was a kid. I painted my whole room pink. And I always had pink bed sets. And I always, like I noticed, even on my desk, I have pink touches. It's just a color that I've always found myself attracted to. And some people are, you know, are very anti-pink and some people are huge pink lovers. I happen to be on the pink lover side of things. But I won't be getting a pink car anytime soon. Are you going to do another crazy color car then? or? Well, I think I might keep the car simple. However, however, I am down for pink seat covers or pink touches to things. I think of pink as something that's just a great accent to my life. So it might not be the full thing, but you're going to always see some pink somewhere around me. You know, the other thing I like about this hummingbird fact is that showing a preference or an attraction to something beautiful has a basis in survival. I think we fall into the trap of thinking that it's shallow to be attracted to something on a physical or visceral level, but I believe it's a very important data point to consider like when you feel that physical attraction. For example, when I met my now husband, I was really attracted to him physically, but Certain people had told me things that had given me a negative impression of him, so I tried to avoid him. But, you know, my attraction prevailed and we ended up getting to know each other. And I actually found out that there were people who were explicitly lying to me because (gasps) they were interested in him and were trying to keep me away. And so then when we got together, the compatibility was on a level I never could have even fathomed. And I would have never thought of that if I had dismissed my attraction and had trusted other false indicators of who he was. I love that, Salima. I think that we don't really talk about attraction as much. Sometimes we get, you know, lost in this place of you should only look at what's going on in the inside or 
only look at the inside, which is super important. Don't get me wrong. That's a very crucial part. But I do think as humans, as, as beings, just like any other creature, we do have an affinity to connection and attraction. And I think attraction is something that allows you to, to have that excitement and that spark. And so, I mean, I like adore my husband. It was the other day, ironically, he was like smiling or doing some kind of grin because of something. And I was like, you're so cute with that dimple and oh my gosh. And I just, it was a moment of, you know, that spark. And so I love the fact that all these years later going on 11, almost 11 years here, there's still just things to be excited about and attracted about with this person. You know, I actually even heard babies are so cute because they're so annoying that being cute helps us let them get away with annoying us all the time. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I mean, their babies cry and babies, I mean, I have a cousin, she just shared about an explosive baby poop that she had the other day. And I was like, I'm good. Like, I'm good. Yeah, but then, you know, the evolution of being, it's like, you're lucky you're cute, otherwise they'd let you, you know, and so um, it's interesting how that attraction has that basis in survival. You know, I want to add another concept. I mean, it's the the idea that attraction also allows for survival of the fittest, unfortunately, in some in some ways that could be adversely impactful to the human population. So for example, there's actually research that shows that people who are more attractive are less likely to get as long of a prison sentence as someone who's less attractive, even with jobs, you know, and particularly for women, sometimes they're more likely to get an opportunity because they're attractive or to not get an opportunity because they're attractive. And so I think there's an element to that where we don't really think about it, but that actually impacts your survivability as a human in society. I mean, there's also this idea of the beauty standard, which influences our perceptions, but no, I don't know what I want to say here. No, I think that's, I like where you're going with it. You know, speaking of this whole beauty standard thing anyways, I think about art and ironically, I'm going to be painting some stuff for this podcast is actually getting released for my year, the hummingbird for the month of May. And I think back to my past of how, when I used to paint, you know, everything was just beautiful to me. My husband actually bought me a beautiful paint set for the Christmas holiday. And I used to just paint for fun. And I knew I was nowhere near an artist, but I would just do it for the joy. But soon I kind of got to this place where I started comparing my art and I started questioning, is it even worth me painting if it wouldn't be nice? And it really put me into this place where my art kits got put up for years because I was just scared to touch them. I was afraid to even deal with them. And I think that sometimes we get ourselves caught up in such a beauty standard expectation that we lose the joy and the hope and the excitement and the hobbies and things we do. It's such an interesting conundrum that you're going through, right? Where it's like, you want to create something beautiful, but if it's not enough, it that doesn't make it ugly, right? It's not quite a dichotomy. It's a it's a capture of what your skill is in this point of time, which can have its own beauty. I love that. That's a great way to put it, Salima. That's true. I didn't realize when we were thinking about this episode how complicated this topic actually becomes. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. It, it, we, but I mean, I don't even almost know where to go with this because I mean, I, it, it is. It's a, it's a deeper message with this one. Well, I did ask some of our shimmering of hummingbird warriors about how their attraction to color and beauty has proven useful or held them back in their lives. And here's what they said. Hello there. My mom always tells a story. She thinks it's hysterical to this day because it was clear that I was going to be a woman that loved shoes and red was the color. It's the summer in the early 80s and I just had to wear these patent red leather shoes to camp. I guess I wanted to show them off to my peers or I was just being the typical three-year-old and had to wear what I wanted to wear. 
nevertheless, my mom let me wear the shoes and we had a little bit of a walk to camp. They had a little bit of a hill to them in my eyes as a three-year-old. So I just thought I was hot stuff. <laughs> and it's hot outside. It's the summertime. And my mom says, I just continue to repeat, I hate the sun. I hate the sun. The whole walk. Of course, my mom thought this was hysterical because she knew. She realized that it wasn't that I hated the sun, but that my feet were burning hot in these patent leather shoes in the middle of the summer. So now, fast forward, and I am now 43. And of course, I have to have a pair of red shoes in my repertoire. Hey, I'm Taylor, and I like the views at Disney's Epcot. I love the hot, sunny days, the calming breeze, the wonderful sunsets. I also love their views for their unique festivals throughout the year, which includes views of gardens, flowers, and decorations. And last but not least, I love the view of others having fun. Overall, Epcot relaxes my mood, puts me in a calm headspace, and brings overall positivity after a long work week. I just love how there is so much perspective. You know, everybody has a different version of what beauty looks like. And I think that we as people, we have to remember that there is almost, there could be beauty in anything. There could be beauty from something small as a bottle of water to a drop of sand. It just depends on who's looking at it, their background, their perspective, and their experiences. Warriors, if you have a way you love to bring beauty into your life or have a story about your own year of the hummingbird, let us know. Send us a short voice message to podcast at project-passport.com and we may feature you in an upcoming episode. In any case, now that we can envision the beauty of survival, we are one color closer to protecting the well-being. Perfect. Okay.